Welcome to the Morning After Podcast, a Freedom Center Church podcast. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of the Morning After Podcast. Pastor Josh here with you with Pastor Jim this morning. Good morning, people out there in, in, in cyber world. <laughs> yes. So, so uh, as a lot of you guys know, um, I just recently have had a kid. And uh, she's doing great, yeah. um, but we did not record last week because my other kid was actually really sick with the stomach yeah. flu. Um, so that's why we had a couple of weeks there where we weren't, I think just one week where we didn't record. Um, I know, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, like, yeah, we're going to be back to every week when yeah. that was the intention. <laughs> and then I'm just kind of learning that the more children that you have, um, they don't really care what your plans are of life. They're just going to kind of do their thing, and then you got to adapt. Yeah. It's to a good it. thing they're perfect, or they'd be hard to be around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> said the grandpa. Hollis is doing better now. He was sick for about six days. It was kind of scary for a sick. little bit there. Yeah, not just sick, um, but sick. Yeah. So, but he's doing good this morning. He uh, woke me up at like five thirty this morning with a bagel in his hand, and then just <laughs> sat on my lap and ate a bagel for five minutes, and then went now, off to bed. Are you in bed still thing. sleeping? Or are you sitting in a chair in the seventh? Uh, no, I was still in bed. Yeah, yeah. he just kind of. Just comes over and yep sits on me and eats a bagel <laughs> and then went and built some trains after that yeah. that's adorable so yeah. um all right well let's get right into it yeah. uh kingdom culture part five part yesterday five, yeah. uh, but we also didn't get to talk the last couple of weeks so uh just kind of curious your thoughts on the series so yeah, far I, you know I, I think someone said recently uh actually uh dina my wife said this to me recently she said when you preach the word teach the word read the word hear the word it's a seed and it gets buried in the ground and you don't see it anymore it's it's yeah. it's been sown it's under dirt you don't see it anymore until something happens so i think the seeds were sown well i think the dirt was well prepared for it i, I can anticipate something coming out of this right. I, I hate to say it though it really I think I did everything that I knew how to do. I think God blessed the effort. I think the seeds were sown well. But I, I, it really is now up to the dirt. You know what I mean? The condition of our soil. If yeah. we're thinking about it, enacting this, putting our faith in this, or if we're just going about our usual you know, mistakes that we make. It's like I can preach on budgeting, but if you don't budget, I can preach on scheduling, but if you don't schedule, I can preach on priorities. But right. if you don't set priorities, what you know, mm-hmm. you hear the word, but you walk away and you don't do it, then it really... It really is kind of better almost if you didn't hear the word. So I think right. I think that's going very well. Yeah. I think for some people, I'm hearing great feedback. Like I did it. Hey, I quit this other this third job to put more priority into this. Hey, I'm sleeping now. I'm right. I've ordered my life. And then and then there's the other thousand people that haven't said anything. So I don't really know what's yeah. happening. I guess we'll find out in time. Right. Well, hopefully those thousand people already ha- are living really good kingdom culture lifestyles. And like, this is all stuff that I already know. You're just reaffirming. Yeah, the I haven't way heard a I lot live. of that. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people say I already know this, but I'm not living it. And it was a good reminder right well, well i think there's ways that everybody i mean you can always get better right there's always another sure. thing that you can do to help improve your quality of yeah. life and living more of a biblical lifestyle than I, you know I, you currently live i've got a friend and you know who this is because he helped you work on your house and he missed six weeks of church in a row because he's working seven days a week yeah and when his wife found out that we were going to be talking about time management and work schedules and all that kind of Sabbath and all that. She she said, I am asking you, please come to church with me. I know you're busy, and I, but I just need you to come to church with me. So he not only did he come the one time, he came all five services. He's working six days a week now instead of seven. Yeah. He's been leading his family to church on the weekends. Right. I, I mean, for, so if nobody else got anything out of it, it's worth yeah. it. Yeah. It's funny. He came up to me that first week, and he's like, I think I need to start working less. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the very first thing they said. Yeah. But the the career that he's in 
summers are very busy and then yeah. it kind of slows down in the winter. So it's just like work, 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 get as much money as I can because yeah. in the winter I might not have a job, yeah. you know? So I do get it from that, that stance, but it's just not healthy. Even for 12 weeks, that's not a sustainable right. lifestyle. To and work I think too, long. his culture that came out of is real men work hard and long and they're, you know sure. what I mean? That's part of masculinity, but he's not a spring chicken anymore. So he's still trying to accomplish right. 14 hour days, seven days a week, like he did when he was 25. And now he's a little bit older than he's yeah. probably my age. Right. And uh, so for him to say, I'm going to continue this pace. And what he told me later on was, even though I was working all of those days and all of those hours, the quality of my work diminished with every hour over my limit. Yeah. So instead of frustrating myself and having to do things twice and you know, right. wasting materials and you know being frustrated, I quit. I go yeah. home. I come back the next day fresh, ready to, to work again. And he's right. accomplishing the same amount working one less day and, and several hours per day less work. Yeah, so that's there's exciting. There's those studies out there that say that um, like your first 40 hours, you have a certain proficiency to your work. Yeah. And then you think, oh, if I work another 40 hours, I actually get twice as much done. Yeah. But in reality is actually you get uh, about half of the amount done yeah. that you would in those first 40 hours. And then the quality of that work diminishes even more than that. Yeah. So that that 40 hour work week really is like a good number to hit anything more than that you're probably doing too much and, and, and Josh, less than that you're not doing enough for anybody that goes i doubt that i don't think that's true remember assembling your kids christmas gifts after they go to bed on christmas eve at two o'clock in the morning and you tell me yeah you know the, those terrible instructions those tiny parts those you know the kids are getting up in five hours three hours whatever it is yeah like that's never a good time because right. you're tired You've got it. You've got something to do. It's difficult to do when you're exhausted. You know something else is waiting behind that. Yeah. And so the kids are enjoying Christmas morning, and you and your wife aren't speaking to each other because you had because some assembly was required. Like we know this. This is right. This is not a mystery. We know that our productivity. And so I think at some point we're going to trust God to do it His way, and yeah. that His ways are actually better than our ways. Or we're not going to trust God, and we'll suffer those consequences. Right. So let me ask you this, because there are a ton of when I, when I worked in uh, the secular world. Um, there's my position that I worked in required 40 hours of work mm -hmm. for, per week for me, but there were positions ahead of me in management that you were, it was expected that you would work 50 to 60 hours mm -hmm. a week. So for somebody that's not coming into the church world, that's going to continue to work in, in the quote unquote real world. Yeah. Um, do you just encourage them to not take those jobs where, Hey, that, oh, that no. amount of workload is required of you? Like, should you not take promotions? just with the idea that I'm gonna be healthier by only doing the 40 hour of work. Yeah, I'd say this, if, if you love what you're doing, you can work 60 hours a week at it and be balanced. Yeah. I, I mean, I've got 11 hours a day, six days a week dedicated you know, to work, whether I work all those or I don't work all those, I know that I can. I know right. that I, I know sometimes I take an afternoon off because I'm, you know, I have ministry in the evening and I have to be ready for that. I don't want my, my most important hour of production in the day to be my 14th hour. That's a that's a bad way to produce what's important, you know. Yeah. So I don't I don't think sixty hours, fifty hours is is at all an extraordinary amount of work. But if you hate what you do, or it's so physically demanding, or sure. it's so emotionally demanding, or so mentally demanding, I think companies want fifty, sixty hours of work. And if the job they're asking you to do, you're not good at. I, if they wanted me to be a, you know, to work in the ICU uh, 
for for babies unit you know what i mean I'm like no, no i'll work in the er and people can bleed and puke on me all day it doesn't bother me but a crying baby i don't know what to do with it panics yeah. me so 11 hours in the er would be I'd, I'd leave there exhausted but fulfilled 11 hours in the the nicu and i, I after two hours i'd resign and go sell shoes you know what right. I mean? so <laughs> i i think you know we get promoted to our level of incompetence mm-hmm. so we, we get promoted until we can't do what we've been promoted to do so right knowing yourself knowing what you want to do it's flattering to be asked to lead it's flattering to be asked to be in management but you got to know what you want to do so the, yeah. the fabulous kindergarten teacher is now going to be promoted to be the principal that person has to know that teaching five-year-olds is very different than leading 50-year-olds. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a completely different task. But we'll promote somebody because they're so well-liked, they're so proficient in their area, to an area where they won't be well-liked just because it's leadership. And because right. they're not going to be proficient at it, we set them up to fail. So mm-hmm. the, the best teacher is often not the best principal. And the best principal is often not the best teacher. So right. just know yourself. If, if, if you have goals of, of climbing the corporate ladder, the next level is what you've been training for, preparing for, you're destined for, you're born for. Go for it. Yeah. And if it takes 60 hours a week, I mean, there's other areas of your life that are equally important. You know, if you're ignoring God and your family because you love your job, then you're going to suffer the consequences of, of neglect. But you can do it all. You can work 60 hours a week and love God and be a family man. I know several men. Yeah. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is Chris Dickerson. That guy works right. physical, laying stone. He's got, what, about 12 kids? You know, it depends <laughs> on what day a week. He might have 13 by now, yeah. you know. Yeah, his oldest son Bailey has autism, and, uh-huh. and that requires you know uh, a, a certain yeah. extra effort. Uh, he's got kids that are grown, grandkids now. He's still out there working 50, 60 hours a week, right. and and he balances. His kids are in sports, and he's there. His kids are he's you know involved in security here at the church. He's yeah. you know they're they're an extraordinary family. So it can be done. I think it's you have to kind of ask yourself the question too, like what do you want professionally? Are you that person that wants to climb the corporate ladder and be the CEO, or are you the guy that's okay working the forty-hour work week, not really getting the promotions, but hey, I get to go to every one of my kids' soccer games? You know, like what what um, what drives you? What's important to you? I think you can still be a good parent and not attend every soccer game, be there every other soccer game, but it's just what's the most important thing to you, and then making sure that you do that thing, but um, making sure that every aspect of your life is healthy on yeah. top of that. Yeah, you got to think more than just work. Work yeah. is part of it. So if right. I come and home you got to think tonight, more than just kids. I can't yeah. just think I want to be the best father possible yeah. but not think about work at all because if I don't, then I don't have a job and then right. <laughs> I be- become less of a good father, you yeah. know? So there has to be a good healthy balance between yeah. All those things. If I came home tonight and told my wife, my wife, hey, guess what? I just got this other this other job. I'm gonna be consulting. Da da da. It's thirty hours a week, so it's gonna take some sacrifices on our part. But she would look at me like I was out of my mind. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. that would throw our life so far out of balance. That will cost the Freedom Center. That'll cost our grandkids, our kids. It'll cost our marriage. No, I mean she would just she would just plain out say that's a bad idea. Now I'm still the the husband. I'm the head of the home, but she's yeah. the neck, and she can turn that head pretty quick. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I I think. I think we all know what's too much. I think the problem is when too much creeps in one hour at a time, one commitment at a time. So a family can be in balance with work and life and God and worship. And then soccer practice comes in and throws it all of balance. Or, you know, now we're going to be life group leaders. So now there's that extra night of the week where the house has to be clean. The kids have to be ready. The, you know, we needed some time to prepare for that. Like you, it's a delicate thing. Our schedules are really, I think they're resilient in some ways, but, but it can be pretty fragile. And and if you're tipping on the edge, that one extra hour of commitment can literally throw everything out of balance. So, Mm -hmm. so I would love to say, and this is how, you know, just before everything breaks, 
but I generally in my own life, I, I know when I've gone too far because I'm in pain. Right. And when I'm in pain, then I realize this is uncomfortable. This mm-hmm. isn't God. This is unpleasant. And then I, and then I back up. It usually takes about a week to a month to uncommit to the things I've committed right. to that I've overcommitted. Well, me. you said that earlier when we were recording the leadership podcast. Um, just once you've said yes, you begin the war of a thousand no's of yeah. this is what we've decided is important to us. Yeah. And so now we have to say no to all of these things. Man, that's because hard. if we don't, yeah. then we're going to throw our life way out of whack, which yeah. is going to throw our family's life way out of whack. And then it's going to be even harder to get it back onto like a consistent yeah. good schedule yeah. again. And I, th- I think too, if you've got these dreams in your heart, like, man, I didn't get to take that promotion, you know, uh, like, don't resent your family for it. Know that your family's going to change. There, there will be a day when yeah. your kids are grown. Right. And, you know, mom's not overwhelmed with a job and, and kids are just, you know, not just, but, you know, being a stay-at-home mom, it's a demanding job. Yeah. But someday there's all this extra time and you can go back to school. You can, there's seasons yeah. is what I'm saying. So now I'm right. 54 years old. I was just yeah. telling Lauren that the other day because we don't work Fridays. So it's going to be weird that a couple of years from now, like our kids will be in school. Yeah. We'll both have Friday off. And we can just kind of like do whatever we want to for yeah. five or six hours. Like that's going to be, we can go to the movies, you know, yeah, or yeah, take a like, nap. Right. Yeah. It's just yeah. going to be the weirdest. Or have a third child thing. and we can talk about it yeah. five years later. Right. You know? Yeah. That's where I see Pastor, um, Pastor Carl and Faye <laughs> having their, their fourth kid. And they've got a 12 year old. Like, yeah. You guys were almost home free. You know, yeah, like, right, right. like of course, you just about to start school. Like you were so close <laughs> yeah. and now you're getting right back into yeah. it again. Start the clock. <laughs> so I told them him and I are going to be empty nesters at the same time. <laughs> But, so that's so yeah, cold, right? That's so but, cruel. But you have a twelve-year-old, and I have a one-year-old. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's what happens. Spin the wheel, kiss a girl, take your chances. You right? Know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't remember what we're talking about now. Yeah, because we talked about um, sex and a three out of whack. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, kingdom culture. So this this series, yeah. it's we've been going for five weeks. Yeah. So if I got if I got it correct, it's three kind of separate yeah. thoughts, but inside of one series. Yes. So we just completed thought one yeah. on Sunday, and now we're moving to the second thought. Right. So I want to spend just a little bit more time than normal, maybe talking about next week because it is the new yeah. part of a series. Um, and I don't honestly, I don't know what it is, what we're, yeah. we're going to be talking about. So the, about. the three major thoughts, the three basic foundational areas that propel us or prevent us from being great is how we handle time, mm-hmm. how we handle resource, and how we handle the, the gift of what God has given us in our talents, our abilities, those sorts of things. Yeah. So we've, we've just completed the five weeks dealing with time uh, and the decisions around time, the priorities, the rhythms. All that stuff. We're going to do the same thing now with resource. So mm-hmm. the resource of, of finances, of any asset that we have, what is the proper way? So just like we looked at time, we said, what are, what are the rhythms that God gives us? So in Scripture, we're going to see this Sunday, there's rhythms of generosity. There's rhythms of family. There's rhythms of faith. There's, there's annual rhythms that he gave to Israel. There were, there's uh, opportune moments uh, where, where generosity is needed. There's even, in Scripture, there's a prophetic moment where somebody prophesies that there would be a famine sometime in the future under the reign of this emperor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so vague. And then right. they go about raising money so that when the famine comes, they can feed God's people in Israel, in Jerusalem. So, I mean, there's there's so much... I mean, I can't imagine today walking up and saying, hey, guys, I think there's a recession coming next next year. And so we're going to take a, a large offering from all the congregations so that when the time comes, those who don't have money will have money. I mean, it would take a lot of trust in leadership. Yeah. yeah. yeah trust me. Just give me all your money. And right. when you need it, I'll give it back to you. Like, it almost sounds like a con, right? But that all of these things are part of the biblical rhythms. But it all comes back to a couple key things. And that is God first 
you know, not being mastered by money, um, being able to to serve uh, with it, to be generous with it, to, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So we're going to look at the rhythms, how God established the comings and goings of resource and how he's promised to bless it. The week after that, we're going to talk about priorities. So again, like we did with time, what comes first? Like we yeah. have 24 hours and we laid it all out on the big screen. Right. We'll, we'll take the same thing budget-wise and talk about what comes first. Do you, like Dave Ramsey says, do you, do you honor God? then give to yourself in savings and then pay your bills. Well, what happens if there's not enough money to right. give to God and honor him and then enough money to, yeah. and it comes back to priorities, which are going to be hard. I'll, I'll warn oh, people yeah. in advance. When we talk about right. priorities with time, if you thought that was hard, this is completely different. This yeah. is, you're sowing for something you can't see. You're burying it in the ground and, and it, it's right. a different uh, challenge for our faith. But I think, I think not being owned by what we own is a real challenge. And so we're going to look at things like the rich young ruler who says, let me follow you, Jesus. Jesus goes, okay, that's great. I love you. Um, I want you to follow me. But there's one thing. You have to to disenthrall yourself with your goods. And we don't, we don't know this guy's name. He was just the rich young ruler. Yeah. So his identity was in what he had. Everybody knew him as the rich young ruler. So right. when, when he says get rid of that, that, that rich part and just be a young ruler, Mm-hmm. Then follow me. He said, I just can't. And Jesus, I, and I almost hear Jesus saying a follow-up statement, and that's why I asked you to get rid of it, because it was going to be the one thing that you always went back to. And faith sometimes has pivotal moments where there's no, you're in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a lake, you drown or you don't based right. on what you're about to do. And God puts us in those situations. So for him to have a way to go back, uh, he would have gone back for Elijah and have not to, to kill all of his oxen and eaten them and burned all the plowing equipment, it was very easy to go back. You notice yeah. the disciples, when Jesus uh, is, is crucified and resurrected from the dead, they don't know what to do, so they go back to their nets, their their boats, their fathers, their mm-hmm. fishermen. They go all exactly where they were when Jesus found them. He didn't call them to do that. He called them to go to Jerusalem and tarry and wait for power. He literally has to come in resurrected form and remind them of what they're supposed to be doing. So it, if there's a place to go back to, you do. Cortez knew this when he came to, you know, to Mexico. Uh, as soon as he got there, they got everything off the ship, and he ordered the ships burned. He said, "Now there's no way to go forward." <laughs> right? Right? Like, man, come on! Because it would have been too easy to quit if there was a right. way to get out. They'd have taken it. So right. I'm not saying we have to give everything away and sell everything. I'm just mm-hmm. saying this: sometimes what's between us and God's will is the stuff we trust more. Yeah. And God will always challenge the stuff we trust more. So this is going to be, I think, a more challenging series. We just received our Kingdom Builders offering. Yeah. So it's not it's not going to be attached to large right. offerings. It's going to be biblical right. teaching, a biblical narrative of the rhythms and the priorities and, and then the practical, you know, yeah. the, the budgets and things. So I think it'll be uh, a redemptive series, four weeks, that I think will really affect. And I'm teaching Financial Peace, actually starting um, – Next Sunday. Wednesday, October second. Uh, right. So it's not too yeah, late too. If you Wednesday. haven't signed up for it, right. <clears throat> come on and join us. I know you won't have your book in time, but let's get started because that's where we really get into the minutia of how to handle the resource that God puts in our hands properly. There's no reason why a 20 year old can't retire a multimillionaire by doing some very simple things and doing them consistently throughout the course of their life. Right. There's no reason why our, our great grandkids can't go to college and have it completely paid for by doing some yeah. simple, relatively inexpensive things, but doing them consistently yeah. over time. It's crazy kind of as one one generation can make financial sacrifices that will literally change the course of generations to come yeah. um, because one generation made huge sacrifices, made smart investments, yeah. and then they set their kids up for success who set their kids up for success right. um, just by 
making simple choices today. Yeah. You don't really think yeah. about it that way. Yeah. So I think people say goals. I have the goal of retiring. I, mm-hmm. I think that's a bad word. I, I think yeah. commitment. I have a commitment to living in such a way that someday I'll, I'll be financially independent from work. Right. I can choose to work and I should choose to work until I, I can't work anymore because we're here to produce something, not just play golf. But but uh, being able to play golf while you work and yeah. you're 80 years old, that's a good right. thing too. You right. Know? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, like Pastor's been talking about, it's going to be an awesome Sunday to be at Freedom Center Church. Are we still calling it Kingdom Culture then? Is, yeah, is that the... Kingdom Culture is going to be part okay. six. All right. But we cool. are shifting gears into the new thought of stewardship. Awesome. So yeah. continuing Kingdom Culture, we've been talking about time the last five weeks. We're going to start talking about finances and uh, just really looking forward to it. It's going to be an awesome Sunday. Would love to see you at 9 and 1130. Uh, until next week, have a great week and we will talk to you again soon. Oh,